Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. It's the Clary Podcast, Curse Free. How are you guys? Uh, it is, what is it today? It's Tuesday, and uh, I've, I've noticed for the past ever... My entire life, uh, or at least the life of this podcast, it's always been trying to get back to a regular schedule. I would have liked to adhere to an every Tuesday morning podcast and then a Saturday, Friday, curse-free. And it just isn't working that way uh, because reasons. And, um, yeah, that's uh, so this is going to be the curse-free podcast on Tuesday. Someday we might get back into a regular schedule, but no, we're not going to. You want to know why? Because Christmas is coming. Christmas is on the way. And that means driving to, if you're a standard millennial or Gen Xer, you get to go and split it up between five, six, seven different families, depending on how many father, not father-in-law, stepmothers, stepfathers you guys have had because parents get remarried, then divorced. Do I buy these stepchildren, stepchildren, step-siblings gifts? Do I even bother remembering that? No, what? You already divorced? All right, never mind. I, I, well, I didn't know. I was just calling him, him Pookie. I didn't know his name was Steve. But I don't have to get Steve a gift, do I? Okay, I just want to know. If you could keep us updated, if you baby boomers, and I guess the millennial parents, or not millennials, the Gen Xers, because we're coming out, I always wanted to know who gave birth to the Gen Xers. As much as we hate the baby boomers, as much as they started, or, or what could we say? As much as the as what the baby boomers were granted, as much as they were given, they were nowhere in the history of the world was a generation given so much and pissed it away so quickly. Here is the premier soul superpower in the world. The greatest civilization ever. And in a matter of 40 years, they managed to fuck it up or screw it up. And uh, I said, well, who? Yeah, they didn't just form in a vacuum. Who were? Well, they were raised by the most successful generation ever. They made life incredibly easy for their children with too much love and not enough thought. And the world's greatest generation spoiled the baby boomers. And that's how the collapse of the United States began. But these millennials... They're, they are from a different breed. They, I thought there couldn't be worse than the baby boomers. Um, and, and now the way these millennials have behaved during this election, especially after the election, going flagrantly in the face of democracy, flagrantly uh, uh, advocating tyranny, dictatorship, minority rule. Um, it, I, I'm kind of like, well, who, who raised you pieces of crap? Who you who raised you not worthless because that indicates a, a null value a zero value who raised you parasites and you negative net present value people and uh, I'm sure it's spread across the silent generation or the baby boomers might have had the kids 
later on in life, some of the oopsie babies. But uh, if we're going to go based on the internet and how you define millennials, which I don't necessarily believe in, but I want to know who are the... I was going to curse again. Who are the pathetic excuses of crap that brought and raised these worthless millennial children into the world? I mean, Gen X was pretty crappy. I, I was brought up with them. I know them. Uh, the parents did not do a good job with that generation. Uh, but man, whoever created these little spoiled parasitic monsters in the form of a millennial, I want to know who raised them. And I'm betting, I'm betting uh, some, of, some of these millennial kids, who are adults today, came from the Gen Xers that started breeding perhaps out of wedlock and teenage births or all the screwed up ones. And now we got, we just got, as I've said before, filth begat filth squared, which begat filth cubed, and the millennials are filth cubed. In other words, I want, I want to know when, when are the baby boomers effect on this? When, when are they done raping this country? When is their last thrust of rape up the ass of the United States? When is that done? So now I can start focusing my attention. Like the responsibility is over. We fully diagnosed and diagnosticized. We fully inventoried all the bad things and the bad effects of the baby boomer generation. And now we could kind of, kind of like, put you guys away. Let history judge you harshly, uh, which it rightfully will. And then we would start moving on, like, okay, now who who deserves the ire for screwing up this latest generation? Let's so think about Donald Trump, and this is very interesting thought because I'm an interesting person, and I have interesting thoughts because I have an interesting mind. Uh, Trump, is, like Barack Obama, was one could argue maybe a Gen X president. I wouldn't say so. He's probably the younger, uh, younger baby boomer, but. Uh, if uh, we continued on another eight years, we got ourselves another forty something. That would have that would have uh, smack dab put our president into Gen X territory. Uh, but we didn't. We went back to the baby boomer. We went to an old baby boomer, and Trump is about the last saving grace the baby boomer generation has to like finish finish on an on a high note. I mean, you you screwed up you screwed up the entire country. You started the decay. You let non-Western civilization people in who have no desire to sustain the culture, to sustain the civilization, who only care to live and parasite off of it or replace it with their own mess. Thank God there's no unifying. Uh, it's, it's all uh, different groups that uh, left this brilliantly managed to successfully uh, condition and brainwash into tribalism like no no we're for Hispanics no no we're for blacks no no we're for women no no we're for Asian no no we're East Indian no we're Native American no we're mixed mixed breed so they're all gonna fight amongst themselves it's not like there's but there is one dominant power that has got its act together that'd be Muslim so I, I think I'll I'll be beginning to see the beginning of that war upon my death uh, but there won't be any dominant one entity that's just gonna like naturally replace Western civilization and what was previously hanging up the United States. Anyway, getting back to Trump. Trump is like the last shot that the baby boomer generation has to redeem itself. And I hate I hate to charter Trump as the spokesperson or representative of the baby boomers. I think most of the baby boomers 
I think a good third of them are unrepentant and they're happy they destroyed, brought about the destruction of the United States. They started believing in that socialist crap back in the 60s. I think another third are completely ignorant and indifferent. They, they, I just think the Democrats are for the little people. I think Republicans are for big business. I just, I, and I've never looked at the budget because I don't know a trillion, the difference between a trillion and a billion. I, I think a third of them is that. And a third of them finally woke the freak up and did what they could. You know, they figured out by 73, hey, wait a second. These Democrats aren't like FDR, they, they're socialists. I thought they were for the little people. Why, gosh, with the last round of voting I have left in my life expectancy, I'm going to vote Republican. I, that'll save, that'll be my salvation. I, I, in the 20 elections I voted in, even though 19 were Democrat, the last one was for Republicans because I figured it out. See, I'm good now. Please come visit me in the nursing home. Sorry, baby boomer. You're not going to... No, no, no. You are not... The, the time of the baby boomers is over. The time of anybody else has freaking come. You guys you guys go away. And think about that. I mean, I'm already ashamed to be part of Gen X. And I know Gen X is the smaller between the three generations. We'll probably just maybe, maybe go down as a footnote. Uh, and we'll be probably glossed over, you know, you know, there's this other generation, they didn't do much of anything but listen to sad, depressing music, uh, but man, uh, I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a member of the, the generation, the class that just pissed away through sheer ignorance and spoiled rottenness, having everything paid for, just pissed away what hundreds of millions of people died for, uh, what wars were fought over, what, what thousands of years of psychology and philosophy and uh, history tried to teach, like the, the most epic, long, and costly battle humankind has fought for was just pissed away with one generation. And by God, thank God I'm not going to be part of that generation. Oh, I'll be part of the generation, which was outside of my control, that simply reinforced it. Don't get me wrong. Gen X simply, yeah, it's right. I remember, let me tell you a story about how stupid my generation is. I remember when my generation was starting to, like, get into music um, about the age of uh, 17, 18, you know, high school, college age. Uh, there was this big push to go start listening to that hippie music from the 60s. Uh, the Doors, Janis Joplin. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? I'm gonna OD on a toilet with drugs. <laughs> and every, every, not every, okay, every douche did have it, but uh, they had the Doors with, not Val Kilmer, uh, what's his name? Jim Moronson. They had the poster, the Doors, man, he's a poet. If you listen, he's got more of a of like a blues thing going on, man. They and then we we threw it, we mixed it in with our own piece of crap uh, musician who deed on a toilet. No, he blew his head off with a shotgun. That's right, Kurt Cocaine. Uh, and we thought that well, 
to paraphrase a cynical libertarian, which you should find on the internet, the royal we, because I don't want to be associated with the scum that made my GPA and my college rank so high without any effort. Uh, we thought we were so intelligent and cool. And then we go listen to, you'll remember the 90s if you look up all these crappy named bands. Yeah, figgity foo and the coffee cup curlers. Yeah, we're going to go see them over at the 7th Street entry, man. Those idiots. And we, and we thought, just like every generation, that they, they were so brainwashed, so conditioned to think that we were independent mind. Now, at least with Gen X, they even came around. I say they came around a little bit before the boomers, when George Bush uh, Jr. came in. Uh, and I think uh, September 11th kind of woke people the F up. With that, this cute little, uh, we just gotta hug everybody and be kumbaya with everyone. And they're like, oh, what happened? I remember when September 11th happened. Now, this was when I was 24, 25. I was substituting at this arts high school in the Twin Cities. And I was learning to be very cynical. Uh, you think I'm, I'm an angry man now. You should have seen me fresh out of college when I was in the thick of it learning that the world was not going to go even one-tenth my way that I needed it to, despite me busting my ass off. And then also finding out just just what a high percentage and just how worthless people are. Just, just I mean, really, the, the proto-misanthrope of Clary was being formed back in these days. And I remember, uh, you know, the TV coming in, and this is when they had push TVs. They didn't have LCD projectors. And um, there was a terrorist attack, and no, no, and like a couple girls started crying. These, these, and they, of course, it's an arts high school, you know, and they're all fame. I want to live forever on the taxpayer's dime. Fame. <laughs> so they're all going to become artists at the age of sixteen. And leftists, of course. And then all these strong, independent... And then they start crying. They didn't know anybody dying. They didn't have a personal attachment to it. And they were crying. And here I was just kind of laughing like... <laughs> At least I was right, you know? Like those stupid male genes. Oh, us, us men who worry too much and you call it racism or bigotry or, or hate. It's like, no, nah, I don't like people flying planes into our buildings. I don't like terrorist attacks. I don't like people threatening us with death. And all of a sudden, it's proven out right there. That kind of actually, I think that kind of drove a couple uh, Gen Xers towards the Republican side of things. Who, even though they may not be the greatest, they are certainly more manly and masculine than the Democrat side of things. And they're like, hey, you know who's got a monopoly on being pro-military? The Republicans. Oh, the bleep hits the fan. Then you guys, then you girls all run. To who's got the guns? Who's the most manly guy here? Oh, yes. Hang out with Tanner or Madison or Philippe or whatever faggoty names they're naming these boys nowadays. You, oh, yeah, he's strumming his acoustic guitar. Not a change, not a freaking change in fashion from grunge to modern day millennials, except perfectly groomed beards for little pussy faggots. And salmon jeans. But you girls are all like, oh, it's so insane. Oh, but once once a bomb goes off, once some oh now we, now all of a sudden the guys with the guns are cool. Now daddy is oh, where's daddy? We need oh you wouldn't listen to him before, no, but oh all of a sudden your life is threatened. No, now daddy something clicks. Something clicks. Maybe we should maybe we should 
stop uh, listening to poetry in the doors. Uh, maybe we should stop writing emotional poetry about our inner selves at the aged and wised experience age of seven, uh, 17. Maybe we, maybe we ought to get into the real world and pay attention. Maybe we ought to go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and ask ourselves on the first level, are we safe? We'll worry about food later. We'll worry about security. Not secure. We'll worry about self-actualization later. Right now, are we safe? And by gosh, it's, it's interesting how that kind of made the uh, Gen Xers go and vote Republican. Where the hell was I going with this? Oh, yes, I want to know who, who begat the millennials. I want to know who begat them because, by God, as much as I hate the baby boomers, as much as I hate my own generation, this, this bleep show after the election... The pure desire, the, the, the complete indifference, the lack of knowledge, the total zombie-like behavior that they're going to throw away what took thousands of years to build because they want the free gimme dats and their government checks and their, their student loan bailouts. And they're willing to overthrow the rules. I know, I know uh, Trump did not win the majority in the electoral election, but when it is, they are overthrowing the process of democracy. We could go ahead and change the electoral college if you want. I'm just saying they, they overthrew the process that had been established before for democracy simply because they want it. They're greedy. They're selfish. They're clueless. They have no capacity for sympathy or being in another person's shoes, let alone having the decent respect or, 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 or the respect of other people's rights. Completely incapable of the golden rule. I don't care if we got to kill 100 million white people. I want me government checks and me gimme dats. I want my, my student loans paid for. I want free everything. And so when I have a little bit of time, the old cat will probably pull up the Census Bureau and find out which sons of bitches are responsible for this millennial generation. I guarantee you, I guarantee you half of them are mine, my age, my generation, the parents that brought these kids into this world. Half of them are people my age that got pregnant at 15. How else would you explain such a... <laughs> curse free screwed up this generation alright let's do a little bit of sponsors here shall we where the hell the sponsor let's go oh hey what's this oh I gotta delete those files there we go alright uh, it's a very campy Christmas Christmas is coming up this weekend and if you would like to uh, help the Bring good tidings and great joy for he who hath come to payeth off Aaron Clary's mortgage. Go and do all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. You can go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Amazon banner. It's on the right uh, right side of the blog. Click on it. That'll take you to an Amazon page with a little bit of extra code that tells Amazon you came from my site. And then all the purchases that you make, I get a 7% commission. You don't pay any more. It's just Amazon giving me a commission, a kickback, for driving traffic to their site. So if you could get into the good habit of always going there, that's the key thing is the habit. I would very much appreciate it. And the goal was to pay off my house, and I think I made an extra $75 this month. <laughs> I did the math. If everybody did all their online shopping just these two months, I started this back in late October. If they just did it just these two months, it would have been a very happy Christmas miracle. But as we know, going to church, there are no such things as miracles. And God, if he exists, hates you and is a sadistic person. 
So we have that. Now, then we have my books, uh, if you want to get those. We have Reconnaissance Man. That is an absolute must for every young man and woman out there. It is, also, it is also a must if you are wandering in the desert and you don't know what you want to do. You could be 30. You could be 40. You say, well, geez, I don't know what I should do for a living. I, I, I thought I wanted to become a doctor, but I don't. Just buy that book, Reconnaissance Man, and it is the roadmap to your life. I hate to sound so touchy-feely life coach type of person it's not it really isn't that life coaches they're losers that never made any money in the first place never went any particular route and they just happen to have a good voice and a lot of them don't even have that uh this is a very literal economic roadmap uh especially for those of you who are 14 and you don't if you don't know what you want to do in life this is the book to get this is the path i went down and don't wait until you're freaking 35 to figure it out figure it out two decades beforehand your life will get a lot easier. That's Reconnaissance Man. You can find that on Amazon. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, simply a book for black men who demand better. If you're sick and tired of living in poverty, you're sick and tired of drinking Flint water, uh, and frankly, you're sick and tired of blaming Whitey because if you're going to blame Whitey, well, then everything's outside of your control, and then you truly are the slave of uh, slave to the fates. There's nothing you can do if you'd like to think you actually do have control in your life, which you do. Uh, read The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. Been getting more black men out of poverty than any government program ever has, which is true. Uh, Bachelor Pad Economics, that's the financial advice Bible for men. It's available uh, on Amazon uh, for all you boys out there or all you old men that you're looking anything from estate planning, setting up wills, although those are the later chapters, obviously, to what should I major in, to uh, how do I finance college, all that. Entrepreneurship, dating, everything is right there. Again, don't become a screw-up like I did. Learn from my mistakes. Read my book. That's Bachelor Pad Economics. Worthless, The Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. I think that book speaks for itself as to its value today. If, uh, you know what? That's right. Let's send that out. Let's, uh, let's do this again. I kind of enjoy doing it. I don't mind helping out the little kids. If, if one of you out there, a high school kid, and you think a book like Worthless or Reconnaissance Man would just piss the ever-living hell out of your teachers and and uh, st uh, fellow peers and students. Like, it would cause an uh, uproar, a ruckus. I dare don't send out free copies of The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty to any poor black man or young black man in high school because he'd play and get the crap kicked out of him. Even though they desperately need that. But, um, yeah, if you happen to be out there in the real world, you're in high school, and your teachers and guidance counselors are still feeding you this line of BS that you just do what you want and Obama will make it happen. More specifically, if you're from one of those high schools where the teachers started apologizing for their generation for electing Trump and felt sorry for you and said, I, we're sorry you're going to have to grow up in this world. You definitely need this book or these books. Let me know. Send the old captain an email. I might send you uh, a couple books in the mail for free. You can hand it out to your friends. It almost is charity, the lives I'd be saving, preventing you kids from majoring in stupid, worthless crap. Uh, then we have Enjoy the Decline, Accepting Living with the Death of the United States with a new cover, a very artistic cover from RJX. Uh, you can find, I mean, even if you have the book or you uh, aren't going to buy the book, go online, just search it. It's a really cool cover. That is days away from being approved an audiobook. And then we have Curse of the High IQ, obviously a book for every one of my listeners. And I am not saying that to kiss your asses. I'm saying it because it's true. You guys are much higher than average IQ. I keep asking people, have you tested your IQ when I, when I do asshole consulting? 
If I got a question about what major should I do or what should I do, I, the first thing I want to know, well, what's your raw capacity? What measures that is IQ? And doobie dabby, dabby doobie, surprises of surprises, nobody's coming in below 120. Like 120 is the lower limit of the people who listen to this podcast. And that's really, really, really freaking smart. That's one and a third standard deviations above the mean. They're more coming in around the 130s. Mine, of course, being 140. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. If you're no 130s is very impressive. I'm, I, hey, look, two standard deviations and chain are above that. I'm just, you know, there's, there's the 140s and then there's the nuts. <laughs> then I'll get some real smart mofo. Like 158. I'm like, oh yeah, nah, dude, you just blew me up now. No, I can't even think at your level. You speak a completely different language than I do. It's just like you get one of those guys like, oh yeah, you are, you are uh, MIT NASA material. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, Urbana-Champaign College of Engineering level. That's I'm a solid. I'm just, I'm just a regular freaking genius. You, however, yes, you are James Bond villain level uh, intelligent genius. I should go watch some James Bond today. Don't have a lot to do. I gotta hit the gym. I gotta do all that. Don't want to. Sun's out. It's not minus 20 degrees anymore. It's a positive 34. I do have to go out and get the sun. The sun is good. The sun gives you vitamin D, and I got to go and run errands just so I can see the sun. Do this podcast first. Oh, where are we? Baby boomer. Figured out. Democrats are socialists. We didn't know we are doing in the 60s. I'm dead. Don't worry, baby boomers. The Democrats will still vote for you after you're dead. <laughs> oh, so anyway, get cursed at the high IQ. Uh, seriously, if you are having trouble, if you're a nerd, if you have social problems, if you're having dating problems, guys, please go get this book. It's not going to give you an excuse like the Virgin Tower community, although there certainly is some elements of truth and seeds of truth to that community. Uh, but this one will definitely be a lot more practical. And we'll explain things. Then we have other people's book. Uh, Frank Servey's Uncle Nick. He has uh, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight. Two Uncle Nick books. And Uncle Nick is a fictional character, but he's the epitome of a red pill man who has zero Fs to give and goes out and he helps his nieces and nephews and he pisses off everybody at the dinner table with truth and reality. And he doesn't tolerate pretty lies. It's basically what you Dream of becoming if you all weren't debt slaves and wage slaves and married to your current wife who would take you for half if you ever dared to speak up your mind. We also have Adam Pickett's books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Robert Downhill. And he's coming out with a third book this week, a fourth book next week, and a fifth book a week after that. I said, gee whiz, why are you coming out with so many books? And I can't do an Australian accent, so I'm just going to do a David Niven accent, which will sound nothing like Adam Pickett's. Oh, yes, you see, we're part of the... We're more British than you are, you see. You, you, you Yanks, you, uh, you fought away from the British, and, and then you didn't get the genes, my good boy. That's just what it was. See, now, if you're Adam Pickett, like I am, played by David Niven, I can bang out a 5,000-page tome... Uh, in a matter of three months. Yes, yes. We just choose not to. Yes, we don't want to. Fl- it's like De Beers, you understand. We don't want to flood the market with diamonds. Americans, you could... Uh, we Brits, we... we uh, Australians and New Zealanders, we could just... 
write uh, uh, brilliant works of art, Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestseller every time, but we choose not to, so it has not to flood the market. Well, yes. So... Go ahead, get those books if you wanna. If you want a book about a real man who did real things, <clears throat> a real MGTOW, one who's actually gotten his dick wet by choice, uh, and he has a girlfriend. Why are there so many? Oh, that's right, I printed off this. <clears throat> Scribd decided that they were gonna have a pirated version of my books on there, and then little old captain took a little legal action. Printed that off for copy's sake. Anyway, so uh, Adam Pickett's books, you can find those on Amazon.com. Also, go to his uh, site, PushingRubberDownhill.com, and his uh, podcast, also by the same name, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Feminism by Janet Bloomfield, we all know her lovingly as Judgy Bitch. You can visit her site at JudgyBitch.com. But she has a book out called Feminism, which is simply a compilation of her best posts. Uh, Then we have The Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck, available at Amazon.com. And those are the books. All books, <clears throat> of mine anyway, are available in paperback and Kindle. Most of them, the flagship ones, basically all except for The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, are available in audiobook as well. I did math on the last podcast. I realized just how much money, well, money, time, you bookworms w- waste sitting down and curling up with a good book and reading it. It is insane how much time you waste doing that. Go get the audiobook version instead. Yes, it may be more expensive, but you will save yourself literally hundreds, thousands, hundreds, thousands, literally thousands. What was it? 12,000, 13,000 hours of time if you're a bookworm, if you just take it in via audio, allowing you to do other things like work out and stay sexy. See, all those bookworms, kind of like the nerdy kids who are always fat and stayed in. You don't have to be that anymore. You could be on the treadmill losing weight. Go online. Get my books in audible format as well. You can find it on Amazon.com or just go to Audible.com. Search my names. You'll find my book. Day-by-day cartoon. Chris Muir, the old-timer. He finally got his Amazon affiliate program. Hi, look at that. There we go. Yay, Chris. If you'd like to go and get a daily funny haha, go to Chris Muir's uh, cartoon site, daybydaycartoon.com. Uh, daybydaycartoon.com. Is this recording? Good. All right. What is my computer doing? What is going on? Hang on. What's running in the background? Cold wave. Okay, there we go. Services, performance. I used to be able to look up the daemons that were operating in the background. Uh, so we have that. Then we have J.R. Guerra. J.R. Guerra. G-U-E-R-R-A. He uh, is a, gar- a guitar repairman out in Seattle, so if you're out in Seattle, good for you. You can use him. Otherwise, uh, we'd be saying, well, why would we use JR? Who the hell would he lives inconveniently all the way on the West Coast and in dirty Hippieville. Why would I go over there and risk getting, what was it, a staph infection? <laughs> I told you guys my story about the hippie I met who came from Seattle who had a staph infection on her lip. She said, it's all right. It's not infectious anymore. I just made out with a dirty hippie. I'm like, yeah. Isn't it kind of like a werewolf that makes you a dirty hippie? You get bit by a zombie, you turn into a zombie. You get staph infection from a hippie, you turn into a hippie. Oh, well. Anyway, so JR's got uh, the only and the first Red Pill album out there, which you can download at jarguera.com. It's a really good uh, uh, album. I've listened to this. It's great. Uh, It sounds a little bit like Phil Collins, but updated a little bit. Uh, And uh, if you want to help out a fellow Manosphereian, 
Uh, go buy his album there at jrquera.com. Yancey DeVere, spelled Y-A-N-C-E-Y. Yancey, Day, D-E-Vere, V-E-E-R. The Deadwood Hole. If you would mind, wouldn't mind buying his album, you can search him on the internet, go to his site, buy a CD. Uh, and the only reason I'm doing that is he gave me a free CD like several years ago when I was living in Wyoming, and I, I always promised I'd plug him. I kept forgetting. Like I had, I had his CD propped up on my desk to remind me to put it on the website and everything, but then all the other paperwork got in front of it. So then when I cleaned up my desk last week, I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, bad, bad procrastinating Aaron Cleary. Uh, but if you ever happen to go to Deadwood, South Dakota during um, tourist season, he's there. He, he's, he's a staple of the community. You'll find him there. And then IOwntheworldreport.com. Uh, that's not the website, but it's IOTWreport.com. Uh, he helped me out. Big Fur, the guy that runs it, he helped me out. He just, because uh, I am I would try to do marketing. This is, how, this is how it works. Let me explain it to you. I am so shocked when people get back to me in a timely and professional manner. I almost want to reward them. He's not paying me. The guy just got back to me on time. He plugged my book worthless. Didn't even charge me. Just wanted to know what kind of traffic was being driven. I'm like, holy crap, thank you very much. So at least I owe the, and I already linked to him over on my blog row, but there's like a thousand blogs I do that to. But I did want to give a special shout out to I Own the World Report, which is IOTWReport.com. So go there, visit Big Fur and his merry band of other internet posters. Um, I saw Rogue One. I know I've written against it, and it looked like a socialist Justice Warrior uh, Diversity Masturbation Fest. But then I was listening to the Backloft podcast. If you don't, I recommend you do. And his gimp, he calls it a sister. It probably is gimp. His gag ball gimp undertow. Uh, he went and saw it. And we were kind of all waiting for him to get back on the show because I was, I was a, a, a guest on his show uh, this past weekend. And undertow was watching. He was going to come back and report. And he spoke very highly of it. He said, no, there's no social justice warrioring going on. Um, no, the evil empire was not all a bunch of white males because most of them are stormtroopers and they're all in gears. He did, you know, a lot of them are robots, so it doesn't really matter. And um, he, he just he had many great and wonderful things to say about it. So I was like, well, okay. Well, I trust Undertow. Uh, he's kind of got a, a, a geek thing going on. I, I have a geek uh, heart within me. And so I kind of do it. Look, I've always liked to see. I don't mind seeing moves that look pretty good. There's some fighting scenes and stuff going on. I went and I saw it. Now, let me tell you what I found out is the difference between me and Undertow. Undertow is half my age. He is young. He has a lower threshold for enjoying movies than I do. And... What he found wonderful and amazing about it, it was good, but if you're inexperienced, like Undertow is, you're just a zygote, you, you just grew pubes last week, and you have not sampled good quality theater like Casablanca, Die Hard, Kelly's Heroes, Midnight Run, I could see where, you know, it's like girls. If you haven't dated quality girls, you think any vagina is going to be a good vagina. Like, this one, this one's... She shaved. She shaved. She's beautiful. She's the most beautiful girl ever. She has two eyes, two nostrils, two ears. She sometimes uses deodorant. She bathes. I'm in love. 
And, you know, one-itis. The guy who lost his virginity never had sex again. Thinks, you know, any girl's a great girl. Okay, look. Undertow. Guys. This is not that good of a movie. It's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, it's obvious Undertow needs to go and see a lot better movies. Because, I, and I just, just to tell you, it, it, buy the ticket. Um, go for a run. Maybe grab a bite to eat. And then walk into the movie about an hour and ten minutes late and catch the last 40 minutes. And that's all you really need to know. The first two-thirds is all of a... It's a soap opera. It's drama. You're like, let's go. Let's move on here. Come on. Uh, trying to get the Rebel Alliance. You have to fight for freedom. Well, what did we disseminate? And then we're, what did we form? What did we stand for? And then, of course, this girl gives a rousing speech. Well, and that's it. We have no hope. We only have hope. But that's what revolutions are based on. And I'm kind of... Oh, and the talented Mr. Lee is in town. So me and my buddy Khan, we went... And I'm just sitting there with Khan. I'm looking over at Khan. Khan's looking at me. And I'm like, we're both looking at our phones. <laughs> it was. It wasn't bad. It was just like, let's go. You could have cut out about 20 minutes of this. They go to some obscure thing to find the girl's father. Dad, daughter, I love you. I love you too, Dad. <laughs> and then the bleep gets real in the last 40 minutes. So, it, 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 but it, it's not... It's not that exciting. It really just isn't. It's a pretty cool fight scene in the end. Um, I mean, battle. Spaceship battle. I don't understand. They're, they're, I'm not ruining anything, but I, the, the, the Rebel Alliance comes out of hyperspace. And they come out of hyperspace right in the middle of all these destroyers, these Empire battleships. And I'm thinking like, oh, they're going to open up fire. Oh, here we go. This is it. And then they wait and hem and haw for about two full minutes before opening up their blasters. And I'm like, what? I, you know, I'm no tactician. I never served in the Navy. But if I warped with my entire armada to a particular place and there was three destroyers and a shield generator, the first thing I would do is... Fire, you know, could, you know, fire, concentrate all fire on that one ship, you know? And then we'll fire on the next ship. Launch the fight. Go, go, go. And then, but no, they talk a bit. Admiral Akbar, he, he has a cup of tea. The Empire guys, they seem to be in no rush either. Just, oh, you know, just a whole bleeping armada of rebel ships just jumped out of hyperspace around them. They're not going to fire on us. And the, and the Empire, they wait. They wait a whole 10 minutes of the battle before. They say, hey, maybe we ought to launch all fighters. You know, they have all these fighters in the bay on the shield generator. And they hey, you know what? These rebels are kind of kicking our ass right now. I, you know what would help at this moment in time is if we had more TIE fighters. And then, and then the other guy says, hey, wait a minute, Bob. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. Like, really? What? There's like a hundred of those things in the shield generator, just tucked away. All we got to do is lift. We just lift. We just remove. They're like a convertible. Just the top comes up and there's a there's hundred of them. And then, then, you know, 
after they lose a good half of their fleet, they're like, maybe, maybe we should uh, launch those TIE fighters. I don't know. What do you think, Bob? Let's flip a coin for it. Heads or tails? Hang on. Let me get coffee first. And then, and then they launch the TIE fighters and then things happen. But it, it's just, I don't know, oversights like that? When a commoner like me, who is not a battle tactician, has the common sense, like, why are you... It ruins it. It just ruins it. Commonsensical things, like these these, or, or these gaping errors, these not even plot holes, but these uh, oversights. We're like, why did... Really? That's the plan you rebels came up with? Didn't you notice there's an at-ad right down the road there? It, so I... And it was, it was all right. Just all right. I wouldn't go see it in the movies. I don't know if I'd even rent it or Netflix it. I mean, you'd, you'd have to have something else going on. I mean, you'd have to have nothing else going on to go watch that movie. It, it wasn't bad. Thank God it wasn't a servant. Thank God. Though that brings up the question, why did you guys over at Disney pimp this out to be some social justice warrior thing? Why did the writers and social media and social justice warriors all seem to be in unison and agreement to say, yes, this is the this is social justice warriors and multiculturalism fighting against the oppressive Donald Trump. Why did you say that? Well, it's not. It, one, it's false. It's clearly false. It is not a political movie. I'm sure maybe some writer thought it would. There's some political undertones there. Oh, fine, whatever. But it's not a political movie. So as, once again, I kind of over... I'm no marketing executive, but I kind of ask a simple question. Why would you risk alienating this, attaching a, taking a political stance that this movie doesn't have? Saying this, company, this uh, movie has a political stance that it, that it doesn't, doesn't entail. Why would you do that? Why would you risk? Didn't you notice Trump won and some of his followers are pretty adamant and there's a lot of them? You know, could, why, why would you risk that? Because they fooled me, obviously... As it was with, uh, what was the one, where the world got their communal panties in a bundle, uh, Mad Max. They tried to sell it as a feminist movie. They they promoted its feminist traits. We got a feminist and it's all about women. And that, and that. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't, I don't, why, did you, why did you sell it with the, as that when it wasn't that? Do you really think selling, you know, social justice warrior, diversity, women, vagina, not white melanin. You think that, that did you not learn this? That does not sell a movie. Can you just let the movie? Hey, it's a really kick-ass movie about people driving things in a post-apocalyptic world and they shoot each other. It's pretty freaking awesome. Hey, it's a spaceship thing where there's stuff and crystals and lightsabers and a really scary dude with a. <laughs> And then there's the princess, and then there's X-Wing fighters and robots that talk. Can you just let that sell itself on its own? Yeah, it could be the echo chamber they're all in. Could be Disney, could be Hollywood. They all think, well, socialism sells, leftism and socialism. Well, they certainly think that way in all the companies. Maybe I answered my own question. You look at all these more, you even got British Petroleum trying to prove its green credentials. You have a big oil company, I think the second biggest, trying to convince the world that it's going green. I suppose it should not be a shock then that a traditionally leftist biased industry like Hollywood and movies 
also thinks everybody wants to go green and they, they, that a, a leftist message sells. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? We, we are going to be positive with this bit of news, ladies and gentlemen. You, you watch the old captain. I'm tired of, of negativity. I'm tired, especially negativity wasted on stupid people. And even stupid people I'll forgive, but ignorant people I won't. From the New York Times, I'm, I'm going to tell you why this is good news. Women make up majority of U.S. law students for first time by Elizabeth Olson. For the first time, women make up the majority of law students, holding just over 50% of the seats at accredited law schools in the United States. By the way, this has a picture. You have to see this. Just, just go to the New York Times to see this um, picture. And it's, it's telling. I don't think the... Um, it, it, it's a, a statistical representative, but you got the black female, you got the short little Asian girl, and you have the pussy millennial hipster douche. And then in the background, it's it's diversity. I don't even know if they're law grad students. Oh, no, students from Harvard Law in Cambridge, Massachusetts, celebrated and received degrees in 2012. All right, so this is, uh, this is the law thing. And they actually probably will find jobs because it's Harvard. So uh, those, ki- those kids actually have a reason to be happy. But the rest... <laughs> Uh, holding just over 50% of the seats at accredited law schools in the United States. The number of men enrolled in Juris Doctor programs has been nearly equal for a number of years because they're waking up. But this is the first time women have moved past the 50% benchmark according to data released Thursday by the American Bar Association. Currently, 55,766 women nationwide are studying for a Juris Doctorate degree compared to 55,059 women uh, men. So men are just marginally smarter than women in this particular case, according to the Bar Association. First-year students are more than 51% women, or 19,032, and 48.6 men, or 18,050. So the younger they get, the smarter the men are getting. The ABA requires accredited law schools to annually disclose data in a number of areas, including admissions, financial aid, and employment outcomes. The law schools do not require students to identify their gender, so there may be some students who are not listed as men or women. There are more women than men based on the data we had, said Barry Courier, Managing Director for Accreditation and Legal Education at the American Bar Association Section of Legal Education Admissions to the Bar. I don't have the life expectancy. Imagine being the guy, Assistant Vice Diversity Director. That was your title at the American Bar Association Section of Legal Education Admissions to the Bar. You would have to have not a business card, but a business placard in small print just to make that fit. It is a snapshot in time, and the numbers can be updated by the schools, but it is not likely to be large numbers. Overall, law school enrollment remains flat, with only a tiny increase of a few dozen first-year students offering an encouraging sign. Enrollment is stabilizing after dropping almost 30% since 2010. Law schools have been trying to broaden their base of applicants. At the same time, the field of potential recruits has been constricted somewhat by a much-debated new requirement. That requirement tightens the standard law schools must meet for bar passage rates for their graduates. Unless you're a minority, then we'll let you in because we need your money. And diversity. Uh, The new requirement restricts the leeway schools have for accepting promising students who do not meet standard admission measures, including test scores and grade point averages. This is, once again, screwing over minorities. I want every minority to listen, male, I'm sorry, female and people of different color. 
<clears throat> do you understand how they're trying to, they're not trying to, but they are unconsciously screwing you over? I think some of them actually are consciously screwing you over. They want to show how diverse they are. They're going to lower standards for you because you're too stupid to get in. All right, so that's insulting right there. So that's one thing you might want to consider. Like, why do they have to lower the standard for me? And the second thing, do you really think you should be getting a law degree? Did you not see the millions of articles? Do you really think you ought to be dropping a quarter million on a law, law school degree instead of a house? See, like the law school degree won't help you get employed in today's labor economy because the market is flooded with lawyers. A house, if you bought it and paid for it, would eliminate rent expense or your lodging expenses for the rest of your life. So that would probably be a better investment. But that's just the old captain's. I'm just just saying, now they're lowering standards so that we can get minorities and women in. But it's like we're lowering the standards or lowering the price for rat poison that you can eat, but we're packaging it as a law degree. Here's some, here's some, oh, are you black? Here's 50% off off of some poison. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you get extra cyanide capsule with it. Yeah, take it. It's because we like you. We really care about you. See how diverse we are? Here's, here's poison, and we're selling it to you for 50% off because of vagina. Continuing on. Not every law graduate takes the state bar exam, but those who want to become a practice attorney must, attorney must do so. At the same time, law school admission scores have been slipping in recent years, especially from 2012 to 2013. Although the decline seemed to have slowed more recently. Amid all these... Okay, so the whole system's going to pot. Amid all these pressures, some law schools have found that reaching out to women has yielded more qualified applicants. Because <laughs> they're suckers. Because you women believe that there's merit unto education itself. Sorry, ladies. You don't have the logic or analytical ability that men do. Some of you do. You become engineers. You become as successful as men. The vast majority of you don't. You listen to your teachers and guidance counselors and parents and TV. You listen to Oprah and The View and, and the lies everyone told you that you could do anything without having any adherence to the real world. Without, a, without an ounce of reality being implemented into this little formula you have of your perception of the real world. And now these scam schools are targeting you, not because you're women. That's the lie they sell you, that to make them seem diverse. They're like, oh, I mean, come on, think about it. Think about the fashion industry, Jimmy Choo shoes and the little handbags with that funny symbol on it. And Lululemon. They don't target men, they target you broads. And how dumb do you have to be to buy this stuff that goes out of fashion the very next year and pay through the nose for it? Law schools are doing the exact same thing. But no, we're going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. Sorry. I'm going to be positive. Female enrollment passing the 50% is a milestone, but one to view with caution. Oh, wait, is Deborah J. Merritt, a law professor at the Moritz College of Law at Ohio State University, is she going to tell us the truth now? She and a colleague, Kyle McEnty, the executive director of Law School Transparency, recently released data that showed that while the number of female law school students was rising, a portion of women wound up attending lower-ranked schools. That undercuts their employment possibilities and their earnings potential since higher-ranked schools generally have a better track record for placing their graduates in full-time, long-term jobs requiring a law degree, they concluded. So while women may have the edge in enrollment numbers, it is less clear that they will lead 
that will lead to an advantage in the profession. My gosh, there's a little bit of ounce of honesty coming from lawyers. I think you women, you law school attending women, should send Deborah J. Merritt and Kyle McEnty a scathing letter telling them to stop ruining your dreams. All right, here's positive. You would think I'd normally point out that this is bad news because we are continuing to lie to minorities, in this particular case women, about what is good, what is right, what is productive, and what is going to be in their best interest in the long run. A law school degree is poison. It is worse than worthless. It costs you a lot of money. And so you would think, oh, Captain's going to say, whoa, this is bad. No, no, it's not bad news. You want to know why? Because I have zero Fs left to give. Let's look at who typical, who is the typical woman that goes to law school. Typical, not all, but typical. The typical woman that goes to law school is a leftist, and especially at this age, a social justice warrior, probably feminist, man-hating, freedom-hating, Western civilization-hating, white male-hating, social justice warrior. That unto itself is a pejorative. And then she gets her degree. She's an entitled millennial. And there is no one deserving more crushing hell than those type of people. We're only focusing on women. I say men of the same type of political philosophy and entitlement and mentality deserve it as well, but we were just focusing on women because the article is about women. So why should we want to cheer for their success? I've switched tactics now. I switched tactics now. Agree and amplify. Because I'm right every once in a while I run into some kid, some kid want to have a conversation about Trump over at the grocery store. He's like, oh, did you see what happened with Trump? I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm kind of afraid for my future. And I looked at him, and he looks like this high school little piece of shit. <clears throat> he looks like a wimp. I say, you in college? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, are you going to go to college? He's like, yeah. I say, what are you going to major in? Theater. I'm like, well, you know, nowadays you got to get at least a master's in that to be taken seriously. I mean, just to let you know. I mean, so you better plan on getting a master's. Now, why did the captain say that? Well, the reason the captain said that is because that little millennial puke is going to raise my taxes. He thinks he's smarter than me. He's a freaking cashier, and there's nothing wrong with being a cashier, but don't tell me some 17-year-old cashier has got the wisdom and and the experience to beat a 42-year-old male who, through many trials and tribulations, has this weird empire that seems to work. And he's going to cost me money. You want to know what I want to do? I want to cost that SOB a lot of money. I want to ruin his life. And when we look and realize who the prototype, the stereotype, stereotypical woman that goes into law school is, it is women that do not like you. It is women who vote for your taxes to go up. It is women who love the state more than they do their fellow man. It is women who have probably at least tendencies or leanings towards bigotry against males and whites. It is women who have that, you go girl. Like, what was it, um, <clears throat> the last time I handed out an olive branch? Women with degrees. I noticed that the vast majority of women with that hashtag were uh, black females, and a plurality of them were going on to get their law degree or master's in some equally worthless garbage that they got their bachelor's in. And I, was, I, I tried to explain to them kindly. Tried to help them out. <clears throat> 
But then now, now I'm asking, like, why? After this election, I look at just how much college kids hate, hate Western civilization and workers and producers. Why do I want to help these kids? Why do I want to help them? So when there's a group that would stereotypically, statistically have probably the highest concentration of traits, qualities, and characteristics that I loathe, women with social uh, uh, humanities degrees going on to get law degrees, I want to cheer them on. Because that means they're going to ruin their life. I don't care how much government money is spent. These, the, 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 I know you guys all think these women have easy lives. They don't. They graduate with a ton of debt. They, they've been in the echo chamber for approaching a quarter century. Rah, rah, you go, girl, girls could do anything. They can't find a, a job with their poetry studies degree. And then they go on and get their, their law degree. They triple the amount of student loan debt they have. They're dumped out into a market that will never hire them. And then they are screwed. They're completely screwed. Even with the help and the make work jobs and the nonprofits and the vice reserve diversity counselors and we're going to file a lawsuit and we're here. And the, even with all that, the larger economy just isn't there. The larger market just isn't there. This is why you have that uh, bimodal distribution of uh, income earning for law degrees. It's the Harvards and the Yales that make your $90,000, $100,000. And then the vast majority of other people make the thirty dollars to $40,000 a year. And unlike the government, which is still limited in its power, thankfully, the free market is not limited to or, or forced either politically or through quotas to like give minorities and females a, heads, a, a, a leg up. They go into arguably the worst labor market for lawyers with $200,000 in debt. They're in higher youth wasted. And an impaired brain, brainwashed and skewed so much by leftist political indoctrination instead of education and skills that help them on the road, that warps it so that they do not value their fellow man or, or what they do not value friends, they do not value love, they, they do not value family, they, they eschew children all for a degree that's not going to get them a job. They, and it's not just women pursuing law degrees. It's pretty much every young kid. And this goes to my generation too. This isn't just the millennials. Where college was the goal unto itself. The purpose and reason for living as a young person was college. You went to college, you got out of high school, it was like getting to the land of Canaan. And that's when everything was supposed to go well. Why? Because your stupid baby boomer parents said so. Because your teachers and your guidance counselors said so. And then you get there and you realize the real world, and oh my God, even I wasn't this delusional. I didn't say I'm doubling down on an MBA or a law school. I thought about it. Like, I thought, well, wait a minute, things aren't working. I must have bad luck. But the wandering in the desert that took at least five years, probably ten in some other regards, to finally figure out, it wasn't until I was 30 that I figured out, holy crap, all you old piece of SOB and other acronyms I can't spell out, you guys don't know what you're doing, you're lying sacks of crap. This is all a fraud. That was a painful eight years I had to go through to figure out how the real world worked. 
to figure out just what a lie and a well-orchestrated and maintained, a uniformly maintained lie by elders and people in the system. I figured it out. I'm a smart SOB. Now, can you imagine these very average intelligence women who are not intelligent at all and on top of it have the mental handicap of being brainwashed and the entitlement to think that nothing's their, their problem, nothing's, nothing's their fault, everything is white male's fault, that's why they can't find job in evil corporations. Can you imagine with that impaired mind, with that impaired intellect, and the complete lack of ability to have independent thought and see it, and be empirical about the world around you, to take in this inventory and, and, and assess the, the data and the evidence to draw your own conclusions? Without having that skill, can you imagine how long they're going to wander in the freaking desert? Can you imagine how painful their lives are going to be for at least two decades minimum because they're living a lie because their entire life they've had their metaphorical dick sucked because like Hillary Clinton they thought they were entitled to the presidency but they don't have the resources of the connection Hillary does <laughs> so this is good news this is great news left the the, the largest probably most concentrated an extremist form, like you, 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 the most extreme demographic of leftist indoctrinated SJW politics. Of course, there might be some conservative women in there too, but by and large, women with humanities degrees going into law school is probably one of the most anti-you groups out there. They're most anti-you. And they are celebrating the fact that their lives are going to be ruined. And you know what, guys? We don't have to do a freaking thing about it. We just let it happen. I mean, even when I tried to be nice and try to stop it, don't go over that cliff. Yankee, stop being sexist. I mean, seriously, gravity is not a joke. I, I know up until this entire time, you've been told gravity doesn't apply to you. But I'm telling you, your teachers and your parents and the media and Barack Obama and all, all, all your guidance counselors, gravity will work for you when you get to that cliff. Do not walk over that cliff. Fuck you, racist, sexist, you're just a cisgendered white man. Okay, fine, walk over, I'm done. And as they're falling, and they're so brainwashed they don't even know they're falling, I'm just going to sit there with popcorn and eat it and watch them fall to their death, their metaphorical death. I mean, how do you recover from a quarter century of brainwashing, $200,000 in debt, and an attitude that basically makes it that no guy will want to marry you, date you, or start a family with you? And what guys do are just not going to give you the VTs. What? Think about what a... That's, a, that's, a, that's worse than a prison sentence. Think about just what punishment that is. I mean, there's going to be a generation of cat ladies down in the future. And we're watching it right here. And they're celebrating their march off the cliff. Let them. Just let them. So that, that's the good news. All we got to do uh, next round. Oh, hang on. I got to read you a funny article, uh, a letter. Where'd it go? Fan mail. Fan mail. From Nolan. Nolan writes, My name is Nolan. I'm 16. Been watching your videos for over a year. That is exactly the point in time, Nolan, you should start. That is, that is very good. You're going to save yourself a world of pain and agony. Think about this. This kid's 16. Could you guys imagine? Just imagine, I know average age listener here is about 30, 35. But we do have some older gentlemen too. But could you guys imagine if like we had Return of Kings 
and this wisdom and asshole consulting and all this other stuff when we were 16. Can you imagine the amount of hell and confusion you would have saved yourself? You, you young kids, I'm, I'm being, of course, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but if you really think about it, you kids are so freaking lucky to have the internet. And all you have to do is go and look it up. All you have to do is read it. I know the establishment, the network, the system, the uh, infrastructure that's been laid down for us for your education system and media and all that, that does its best to brainwash you the other way with your Kim Kardashian shows and, and Oprah and all that other crap. Um, but it, I'm just thinking, 16, man, when I was 16, I was so freaking clueless and stupid. There was no... There was no instruction manual. There was no, like, dad saying, hey, do this, don't do that. There was never a sit-down, like, this is what girls like. I don't even think they knew. Because they, they had to go through the, 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 the manure that was known as baby boomer women. Uh, I've been watching your videos for over a year, junior in high school. Aaron, I want to thank you for all your videos you've made. They have taught me more about life, college, and finances than K-12 through ever will. Your podcast and blog get me through... The school day as I sit through near worthless classes. We haven't even gotten to the good part yet, by the way. And, and you, you may all send me your praise and worship uh, by sending me an email. Uh, if I had not found your channel, I would still be soaking up academia's bullshit. I want to major in criminal justice. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. That's, that's not, that's, that's bad. Now I'm really looking towards the military. If I recall, you said that if you were to do it all over again, you would have joined the military. Yep. Plan A is to get on an ROTC scholarship worth about $180,000 to commission as an officer in either the Army or the Air Force. Whichever branch will pay the bill. Well, both will pay the bill. Plan B is to enlist in the Army or Air Force. The job I'm looking for is military intelligence. I'm taking a journalism class in high school right now. Yeah, I know. I signed up for it before I had your insight. We just write articles from the monthly news, monthly school pa- newspaper. I have no idea how this could be a four-year major. It can't. It can't. That's the whole point. You look at the vast majority of non-STEM degrees, they are stretching out like every every field or discipline. I would even say women's studies, fighting against genuine sexism. There is a true, I wouldn't even say seed, uh, there is a fair amount of material there that is legitimate, authentic, and worth digestion and studying, worth uh, intellectual consideration. But the vast majority of them stretch what could be written in a paragraph or two and turn it literally into an 800-page book. It's absolutely horrible. In journalism, when it comes to, like, confirm your sources, intellectual honesty, the reality principle, we're in it for truth and not a political agenda, have critical thinking, all of which can be summarized in, I think, a 20-page pamphlet. Uh, the rest of it is stretched out to be complete BS. Uh, the class is full of people who want to major in political science, communications, journalism, etc. There's only one kid who wants to study engineering. After this girl should, said she wanted to attend the art institutes, oh, you got to let her do it. Let her go. That is a scam school. That's I, they're, And they're one of the ones that hasn't been shut down yet, I don't think. Hang on, let's look this up. Arts institutes. Are, is this the one? Because I got a buddy whose wife... <laughs> you had to bail her out. Arts Institute. They're still in business. Yeah, it looks like they're still in business. Oh, let her go, dude. As I was saying before, 
you know, don't you, what 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 would happen? Let's just think about this, gentlemen. <clears throat> okay, everybody, take your vote. What would happen, to poor old Nolan? If he went up to this girl and said, "Hey, look, you go to that arts institute school. That, that's a lot of debt. It's not a not an accredited degree. It's worthless. Uh, a lot of people are, are crippled with no jobs after that. You really are. What would happen to poor Nolan? Go ahead, guess. Just guess. I I know what's going to happen. You guys can guess. That's right. He'd be called a sexist because he's telling a woman something she doesn't want to hear, and that's the definition of sexism. Then maybe he'd be accused of rape later on." <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, because <laughs> it might be true. Uh, after this girl said she wanted to attend the Arts Institute, I laughed so hard inside, instead of telling her how bad that school was, I thought about a quote from your videos, let reality punish the left. Outstanding. All right, see, so you're already, look at it, 16, and you're learning what I had to figure out at 36. You are 20 years ahead of me in this regard. Oh, and I can't forget about the girl with pink and purple hair, can you guess what presidential candidate she supported? I also wanted to share my math story with you. I took Algebra 1 and got an 82 final grade. All through high school, I thought I was just not good at math. You kicked my ass and got me out of that mindset. Now math is one of my strongest subjects. I then took Algebra 2 and got a 95% final grade. Well, that's all right. You know, A-, minus. You know, it's okay if you're going to settle for an A-, minus. I guess. You know, I mean, screw the remaining 5%. That's what you're going to... You call that effort? <clears throat> Kidding. I just used my mornings to practice problems and review twice before tests. I'm currently taking geometry, and next year we'll be taking college algebra trigonometry. Well, how much algebra do you need? You're in algebra 2? Well, that is college algebra. My God, they're even stretching out the math. When are you going to get to calc? Now, here's, here's why I like this. This is great. You are the dark knight of advice columns, and the guidance school doesn't give. I love that. Freaking love that. The Dark Knight of Advice Columns. I'm going to use that. And then I got the Ikea of Consultants. You're doing a Rush Limbaugh. The Dark Knight of Advice Columns. The Ikea of Consulting. Through tumult, chaos, and whatever else he says. We here at the Golden EIB Microphone. Uh, I hope to buy some books and a video request from you in the future. Have a very happy Christmas, Aaron. Nolan. Well, thank you very much. You're not going to need my videos. You're not going to need Asshole Consultant. You're not. I mean, you might, but I doubt it. You're on the right track. Imagine if all the kids did that. All right, where were we? Oh, yeah, so Asshole Consulting. Um, if you'd like to be like Nolan and have a clear view of what the world really is like around you, don't slog through the swamp and mire of confusion and fog like the poor old captain did for 20 years of his youth. Just, it's like the map. It's like, look, you can go and map this out yourself. You could try and remap life all you want. Or you could just take this map that we put together for you. And it's cheap. It's dirt cheap over at assholeconsulting.com. So for 25 or 30 bucks, depending on whether you want an email response or a video response, the old captain will give you that map and save you thousands of dollars sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure you didn't f up like he did so you go to asshole consulting send your friends to asshole consulting people who need help they need the blunt honest truth and no more lies send them to asshole consulting if you'd like to advertise on the podcast you can for a hundred dollars a month we got about three thousand listeners weekly uh the uh that hundred dollars a month also gets you a plug and a banner over on the blog and i do uh cappy the whore for 
video on my YouTube channel, which has 27,000 subscribers, but that doesn't really mean anything nowadays. It's how many people actually view your videos, which is around 2,500, depending on how interesting the article or the uh, topic is. Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. The bastard's over in Hawaii enjoying a nice warm beach. Uh, but when he gets back from vacation, uh, send him your business, especially with tax season, by going to ElkinsCPA.com. Do not, if you file extensions, do not go to ElkinsCPA.com. He is not going to help you. Right? He is, uh, what's happened to the audio here? Uh, he's, he's too busy with regular clients that actually fear the IRS and are professional and get their act together. And if you're one of those people, he'd love to have you as a client. So go to ElkinsCPA.com. Let him know the old captain sent you. The League of Extraordinary Podcasters. If you are sick and tired of listening to the Clary Podcast, there's other podcasts out there. I know. It is shocking. Some other people think they can put podcasts together. I, I know. I'm not the only one. Uh, you can go to 405media.com where John Grant has an entire station, a podcast station of different podcasters. He's got a schedule 24-7. Go to 405media.com. You'll be able to find at least one or two new podcasts you might like over there. Small Scale Life with our good friend Tom. If you want to learn about gardening for a post-apocalyptic world where you can actually grow your own food and not have to... I I know this is going to go really dark, but you're not going to have to kill people and become a cannibal because you didn't learn how to garden and um, there's no other food around. If you'd like to avoid cannibalism, listen to the Small Scale Life podcast. The World of Lori Zook. Lori's coming off a vacation here pretty soon. And with a name like Zook, Z-O-O-C-K, it's not going to be that hard to find her podcast. Just search that on the internet. Lori Zook, Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, our good friend Carrie down in Florida, who avoided the horrible cold. I remember when we had that last polar vortex two, three years ago. Um, I went. I, I could actually wear shorts when I got to Carrie's place. It was actually warm enough. It was like in the 80s I could wear shorts, and it was just so nice to sit in the sun. And he's he's been down there for quite some time. He's just like, oh, what's happening? Is, is it cold up north? It's like, what, don't you watch the news? He's like, why would I watch the weather? It's Florida. I'm like, yeah, I suppose so. Kanto uh, Talker, buddy Silvio Kanto. You can find him on blogtalkradio.com. That's spelled C-A-N-T-O, Kanto Talk, with Silvio Kanto. Blowmeuptom.com. That is, of course, St. Lycus's website. If you want to listen to Dad, the father figure, St. Lycus, the man who's probably... What would we say? The pioneer, the trailblazer of this world. Um, I mean, he's he's been on on well, he's been on radio for his entire career, but his wisdom goes back twenty years ago. Uh, it predates podcasting, and unless you were on the left coast, west coast, you wouldn't have heard him. Uh, but he has saved probably hundreds of thousands of young men's lives for those that listen to him. Uh, and now that he's ter- he's no longer terrestrial radio, he's internet. Anybody can listen to him. So go to blowmeuptom.com, and I also strongly recommend if you're an entrepreneur to run ads over on his site. You are not going to get a better deal than that. I'd even recommend you advertise on his site before you advertise on mine. He's just going to get you that much more uh, exposure uh, than I can. Uh, Cynical Libertarian Society, uh, visit our good friend. What is it? The godly one. Not the godly one. I know this. God himself. No, come on, what is it? Hang on, we'll get there. Now watch, it'll come to me. Cynical Libertarian Society. Ba-ba-ba, anarcho-campalist. 
Where'd it go? Where I? I'm listening to it. I'm binging on the listening one. Um, the all-knowing one. Anyway, just go there. Stating obvious podcast. Cynical Libertarian Society. SinLibSoch.com. And uh, you can listen to someone who rants and raves even more than I do. Uh, AcademicComposition.com. If you don't want to do your homework, be smart like corporations. Outsource it to somebody who does. Go to AcademicComposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff will write your papers for you, allowing you to go work, make some money, get an internship, and never have to suffer worthless liberal leftist indoctrinating piece of crap prerequisite classes ever again. I go to academiccomposition.com, send on email to Alex. They also do resumes for $100. And what else was Oh, he's always hiring. So if you are desperate for money but you can write and you got a laptop, it's a location-independent position. So uh, it's not exciting. This is boring. It's not exciting work. He's got writing positions open, and he has marketing positions open, and it's just boring, mundane work, but you have no excuse to be out there panhandling when you could be doing this work from a beach over in Thailand if you want. So go to academiccomposition.com, send them an email, let them know that the captain sent you, and then old Alex will say, oh, well, we got to renew. Uh, what else? Uh, if you are looking for audio, professional recording work, go to jimfear138.blogspot.com. That is jimfear138.blogspot.com. He's done a couple of my books. UndertowAudio.com, that's Undertow, that's uh, Chris Beckloff's gimp. Um, he will take the ball gag out of his mouth so that he can record in his melodious voice. But then when he's done recording, he'll put the ball gag back in to be uh, Chris Beckloff's gimp. <laughs> and he does some work too. And then Dave Zarini, if you are looking to hire another audiologist, which is someone who probably studies vocal cords, but we're just going to go with that. Uh, go to staresattheworld.com and contact Davis so you can get his baritone Canadian voice to do your reading. Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. You say, well, why would I go there? Well, if you're looking for books to read uh, that are good and not of a leftist variety, go to Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Max has compiled a list of books that he likes, and you say, well, who's Max? Why the heck should I care about Max? Max has like 30,000 followers on Instagram, and... Uh, He's got a lot of people that, I mean, people listen to him. So he is kind of like me. I'm the dear Abby of the internet world with hate. Uh, Max is uh, probably one of the more premier book reviewers on the internet. And so uh, if you want to go and, you know, looking for a book to buy, go to that site. But if you also are an author and would like to advertise your book on his site, and it's good, contact Max. You go to uh, email him at max at wooter.co. That's max, M-A-X, at wooter. Wooter is spelled W-O-O-T-E-R dot co, not dot com, dot co. Max at Wooter dot co. Uh, then the old captain diversifying out of the traditional social media. Uh, I'm on Gab. That's where all the adult. I'm not joking. I, I, I would like to be disparaging and slamming on Twitter. But you don't have to be. You just have to be descriptive. Um, Twitter is living at home. Oh, is that good? <clears throat> Twitter is like living at home. Twitter is like living at home. That might make a post. Gab is living in your own apartment. It may be nicer, you may have free food, but you have to obey your parents' rules. At Gab, your apartment kind of sucks, but you're free to do whatever you want because you're a real adult. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, 
Follow the old captain on Gab.ai. Sign up for uh, Gab. It's basically Twitter's replacement. It's Twitter for adults. Uh, and that, I mean, I'm not kidding. That's where all the cool kids are going. That's where all the really smart, intelligent people are going. And it's so much nicer and so much more mature. Uh, so go to Gab.ai. Uh, and follow the old captain there. Set up your own account. I think there's a waiting list because it's, you know, it's like any cool popular club. If you want to get in, there's a waiting list and bouncers that let chicks with big boobs in first. That's where the analogy starts to fall apart. Uh, and then there's Minds.com. I have a Minds.com account. You should get a Minds.com account. That will replace, I think it's meant to replace YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but you might as well get these accounts at these alternative uh, social media sites, guys. And not that you'd use them every day, but it's good to have so that when Facebook says, well, we don't like white males who are conservative Republicans, and we're going to kick them all out, or Twitter decides, well, if someone uh, reports you as a hate speech, we're going to ban your account. Like my buddy Marcus. Marcus, he got he got a death threat from a girl on Facebook. And the girl did not get banned or put on probation on Facebook. He did, because she filed a complaint against him. So just, I mean... You're, you really got childish and completely biased political people at the helm of these companies. So it's just it's just good to have a life raft. Um, and I do believe over time, you know, look, everybody thought Microsoft, Windows was going to be forever. Uh, everyone thought uh, uh, Internet Explorer was going to be the thing. And now you got Mozilla, you got Pale Moon, you got Brave. Uh, you have Chrome. The time will come. People are going to say, oh, what happened to MySpace? Look at that. Facebook will screw up. Don't worry. They'll screw up. They'll keep pushing. Twitter will keep pushing. Say, well, I don't like this speech. I don't like what that person says. I'm going to ban them. And they're going to get overbearing like overbearing parents. And soon people are going to leave and live on their own. And then all they'll do is sell dildos, cats, cat food and cat supplies to the remaining dwindling Middle-aged broads who got their law degree and can't find a job. That's all that will remain over on Facebook and Twitter after the purging occurs. Uh, and then we have my uh, two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. You can find those by simply searching the titles. What are they about? I'm too lazy to explain them to. I want to go hit the gym while the sun is still out. Seriously, the sun's got to set in three and a half hours. At 4.30, it goes down. So I need to go out and see that. Um... But uh, take those classes online if you want to learn about basic financial planning and retirements, 401ks. And if you want to learn how to analyze and value stocks, take the analysis evaluation of stocks. They're offered all over the place, hundreds of different places, maybe even thousands. But you don't have, you don't have to take it at your local community center because it's online. It, it, just take it where it's cheapest, even though I make less money. Uh, and then with the money you save, because I told you you should take it where it's cheapest, maybe you buy all your online purchases through Cappy's online affiliate Amazon program? Hmm? Hmm? Well, that. Okay. That's it, guys. If you want to send fan mail praise, <clears throat> we haven't gotten any hate mail in a long time. Well, what the hell's going on there? I kind of like the hate mail. Uh, we're not getting it. Um, but yeah, if you want to send me fan mail, please do. Also, share the old captain's podcast, share the old captain's book, share asshole consulting, tell people about the YouTube channel, tell them about my blog. Um, I really do appreciate it because <clears throat> uh, that's how we actually grow the old caposphere here. I may be doing a zero F given hour once I find somebody to interview. Um, it's just been, the cold really throws everything off. You just, 
I don't know if you knew, but we had like minus 25 degrees. And for two days, it never went above zero. And that's when things shut down. That's when Captain gets very, very angry and very, very depressed. And there was no sun. That was the other thing. There's no sun. So I just get very, very angry. Uh, And um, it would have been great. See, then I wouldn't be angry if everyone had paid off my mortgage for me through Amazon affiliate purchases. Then I, I would have been okay with the two days of below zero temperature. But I stewed in my misery knowing that no one bought all their stuff through my online affili- Amazon affiliate program. And then, the, and then the negative temperatures was just salt added to the wound to make me wonder, does anybody love Clary? Does anybody listen? Does anybody love Nobody loves Clary probably because nobody listens and therefore they can't get to know me to love me. How do you love somebody without listening to what they have to say? You don't know their personality. Or is it maybe they didn't love me in the first place and therefore had no incentive to listen to what I had to say, which I think is a bit unjust. I think it's a bit unfair. Yeah, you should hear a man out to find out whether you might love him or not. All right, enough of my bullshit. We'll see you guys later. Tell everybody. Send this. Share this on Facebook. Share it. Do that. Do that for Captain. I'll talk to you kids later. Toodles.